morning and thank you for joining me once again as we uh, continue to uh, try to dovetail our devotional series with uh, uh, what we're doing on, on Sunday mornings in regards to the essential uh, family and, and we've uh, begun a series uh, crucial questions for the human family uh, hopefully we're seeing some things that are helpful to you that to help you uh, unravel some of the issues that uh, uh, are, are raised as you read your Bible uh, as we look at a culture that increasingly is divorcing itself from any type of biblical morality as we look at the church who far too frequently uh, seems to be taking its cues and its mandates uh, from the world. And so uh, we've been following uh, 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 the order of a, a little book that I've mentioned a time or two, 50 Crucial Questions. Uh, we're at question 15. As I said, some, some of the questions I, I will skip, but we will group these uh, questions together as we move forward. And so question 15 is, don't you think that these texts, and what they're referring to is the text uh, that are sometimes referred to in Scripture as the household code. And, and they're most specifically found in Ephesians 5, Colossians 3, and 1 Peter 2. And so the question is, are, are these texts examples of temporary compromise with the patriarchal status quo, while the main thrust of Scripture is toward the leveling of uh, gender-based role differences. And so, again, uh, are the New Testament passages uh, directed uh, toward uh, the uh, function and the administration, uh, the design of the home, uh, should they be viewed as temporary uh, hedges and and uh, accommodations uh, for that age and since we are no longer uh, oriented uh, in a patriarchal way then all of those particular uh, aspects of uh, design and uh, distinctions and designations should all that be done away with and of course the answer is no. Now I'm going to point you to a text 1 Timothy uh, 2.8 and we'll, we'll read a little larger portion than we've been doing in some of our uh, uh, devotions. But 1 Timothy 2.8 uh, through uh, verse 15. And whenever, uh, it, it is a, a fairly frequent argument that somebody will say something along the lines that uh, the call for submission, the call for uh, male headship in the home is strictly a result of the fall, that it wasn't rooted in uh, the original design, original intent, original distinctions, and they're wrong. That's, that's a simple assessment, but they're wrong. And as I've argued in a recent sermon, that all through uh, Genesis 2 particularly, but also Genesis 3, you see uh, uh, at least uh, suggested and demonstrated that the man is to have authority uh, within the home, that he is to be uh, the leader. And so these uh, distinctions and these designations precede the fall. Uh, uh, male headship in the home and uh, uh, the wife's submission within that relationship is not a result of the fall. Th those things are abused because of the fall. They're flawed or practiced in an in a imperfect way because of the fall, uh, but uh, no, uh, those things are uh, eternally 
uh, significant and eternally applicable uh, to us uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And certainly even uh, in the unbelieving world, uh, that type of order is, uh, will bring a certain amount of sanity and serenity and safety and security to the home if there is the practice of appropriate uh, leadership by the husband submission by the wife. So Paul says this in 1 Timothy 2.8 and following, I desire then that in every place that men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling, and likewise also that the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper uh, for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she's to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, uh, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Now, there are many things that, that are raised here in this text, and I, I'm, I'm going to be kind of narrow, but I wanted you to get the context uh, for this. But Paul is tying uh, his issues uh, related to uh, male-female relationships, life in the home, and life in the church. He is tying it to the creative order, and he specifically states that his view is as such defined here and in other places, is rooted in the understanding that it means something for Adam to be created first. Uh, that uh, his being created first designates him as the head of the race as one who should exercise authority. We see it as he names the, crea uh, uh, the creation. Uh, he is the one charged with uh, responsibilities according to the covenant of works that we see in Genesis 2. Uh, he is, uh, the, the wife is identified as his helper. Uh, she is, he is the source of the wife as she is taken from his side. Uh, he names the wife and receives uh, the wife to himself. And so all of these things uh, teach us uh, that this, uh, what we would call male uh, leadership or male headship, male authority within the home is not uh, the result of the fall, that the household codes uh, found in Ephesians 5, Colossians 3, 1 Peter 2 and following, uh, they're not some tip of the hat, some accommodation uh, to uh, a fallen pagan worldview, uh, that they are timeless principles uh, that uh, uh, we are under obligation uh, to live under authority, under the authority of God and, and, and His Word, and we should seek to implicate them, to apply them uh, in our home and in our personal life. Uh, so again, uh, the question, the answer to the question, uh, is, is this strictly contextual and cultural and can be, now be disregarded? The answer is no. So I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.